about our reading slump. We made you some promises. And uh, oopsie. <laughs> we said we were going to read Foxglove by Adeline Grace, but things happened. And instead, we're going to read Thorn by Intasar Kahani. <laughs> I can't say the last. That's fair. So uh, we're going to read Thorn and we'll see you next week. Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. This is the pick of the week. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you went from stage fright to absolute american idol showdown i just open my mouth and whatever comes out comes out (laughs) that made my morning okay everything's fine it's it's the pick of the week yeah it is (laughs) that it is but i'm excited for this pick of the week because this is one that we have both read actually Mm -hmm. but this is your pick you finished it when uh time is not real a couple days ago my partner's reading it though what yeah and he's already halfway through it so wow that's a pretty solid recommendation there (laughs) i feel like this is a very um like general audience friendly book yeah it doesn't stray too far into any super deep tropes Mm -hmm. yeah especially if you want like a spooky read or your partner is someone that likes fiction or like thrillers Mm -hmm. this is a good like hey fantasy romance maybe a little bit little (laughs) but make it spooky (laughs) what's the name of this one uh so this is one dark window by rachel gillig a gillig yeah we can go with that sure yeah (laughs) um and kind of the premise is we follow this girl i could not tell you her name we can never remember the name uh the heroine you know you just gotta know it's the heroine (laughs) there is a heroine in this yeah so uh she touched a enchanted card basically uh when she was young and now she has a monster living in her head and it's kind of set in this uh fantasy world kind of dark and spooky perfect for like halloween you know flannel season but basically there's all of these cards that give you special magic powers when you use them um but they always come with a cost so if you use them too much you know uh you experience like pain or uh you become you know removed from your emotions etc etc and so it's basically magic is also outlawed though sort of kind of like you can use the cards but anything more than that and it's like oh that's bad and then there's also this fever that wiped through their population periodically and if you get infected and get all this like black i'm not explaining this really well um if you haven't noticed yet my brain is not working today um (laughs) this this probably sounds this is pretty straightforward i think i think you're on track uh the setting is like like middle ages but a little bit further on yeah not quite i imagine 16th 7th century-ish? Yeah, Outlander, or maybe like before Outlander time frame. 16, 1700s? Okay. Maybe? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, medievally, but not gross medievally. Like they have access to toilets. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the real divider. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so there's a fever and there's infected children and you either survive or you don't, uh, 
that didn't make any coherent sense either. There's like a magical wood, right? Like yeah. Like a forest that you can't go into. Isn't that how they get the plague thing? I think so. But I think you also can get just like catch the fever and then mm. you become like the infected, which is people that they immediately put to death because you have magic powers. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. the magic becomes like out of control or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so our main heroine is hiding. So she at like seven or eight caught the fever, was infected, but her father kind of hid her away even though that's like against the law and uh so she has uh magic powers basically but she has to hide them because she will be put to death if anyone finds out and in order to get rid of this like sickness and the infection and all of this like mist that's basically enveloping their whole town and country and kingdom uh they have to like put together a whole deck of cards out of these like magic cards but everyone is super like aggressively keeps them close hold like each of the noble families has their own card and they're kind of similar to tarot cards each has like a different figure or property right to Mm -hmm. them okay yeah And uh, they kind of turn into like dowry items. Like if you're a well-placed royal and you marry into another family, they might give you a card as part of the dowry. But they're like super close held. But if you put all 12 of them together or 10 of them together, there's a way that you can get rid of the, um, you know, infection or whatever. But one of the cards is missing. And so the king has been on this quest or voyage to find the last card and make a whole deck, except it's like missing forever. But then you also have the heroine who teams up with this like ragtag, you know, group of royals disguised as rebels, basically. Yeah. Or other way around. It's kind (laughs) of like uh, a bunch of... Rich kids playing Robin Hood. Yeah, but they are also rich. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And so they're like stealing people's cards that they don't have in order to make a full deck so they can get rid of it. And it's because one of their siblings also has the blood infection and they're like, well, you need to save his life because he's degenerating. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah. And it has all the like really good spooky vibes that you'd want like right around this time frame. It's super easy to read and... I don't know. It just kind of gives you like witchy vibes. I like the so this this monster she is like hosting in her body mm-hmm. uh, through this card is a very intriguing character. Yeah, probably the most standout character in the group. And I really like the interaction between those two. I did not. There are certain aspects of this book that I did not enjoy as much that kind of made it mid mid yeah (laughs) mid is the best word to describe this book for me because i think the idea is really good Mm -hmm. it's very unique the execution is decent yeah but it kind of falls a little flat i could see that the romance is a little kind of like stereotypical yeah but the monster's character i think will have kind of a resurgence in the second book so the second book comes out i think in october October 23rd or something like that. And I don't want to spoil it, but he will have a very (laughs) large role to play in the second book. Yeah. Yeah. But his character is fun because you would kind of think that it could be taken in the perspective that he's like the love interest. You know what I mean? Let me read enough. Okay. So (laughs) let's let me be really honest on this one. I was really hoping. I was too. That the monster was going to be the love interest. And when he wasn't. Yeah. I was like, like this took away. Like, because the synopsis, if you read the synopsis of this book, you think you know how it's going to play out Mm -hmm. because we've read it so many times. So maybe good on the author for like flipping the script a Mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah. I still wanted that. Also, I wanted the monster to win. I want a monster romance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because he's very protective throughout it, but in a kind of cynical, you know, I don't really like you. You're just a silly little girl. But then as soon as she needs help, it's like, let me help you. 
We love that. It's so cute. It is so very cute on like their relationship. So mm-hmm. that's why I think the the romance angle, which is not super pronounced, and no. it's mm-hmm. very much like kind of resolved. Mm-hmm. I think at the two thirds mark of this book, where About, like they're yeah. together, like oh, I like you, I like you too. I guess we're together. Let's fight together. Yeah. And ever since Rob was commenting on Twilight about oh. like <laughs> the lack of uncertainty, yeah, or yeah, the, the lack of uncertainty between two love interests in a in a story yeah i always look for uncertainty now in the books and there was none of that no right no because even uh you get sort of at the end this not twist but you know a an additional conflict is sort of inserted or sort of comes to light oh yeah i've just remembered how it ends yeah but even that kind of doesn't add any uncertainty into the relationship no there's no like pizzazz yeah, there's no question of will they, will they, won't they. And we do have like the fake dating trope, which I love, mm-hmm. but it's fake dating, but they obviously already like, like each, each other. other. Yeah. yeah. I need a little bit of actual fakeness first. I think this is this is a story that would probably translate really well to the screen. Mm, I could see that. Because yeah. I think a lot of the tropes techniques that appear in this book kind of fall flat for a reader but Mm -hmm. like a viewing audience might enjoy it more the same way like a movie doesn't translate well but maybe reads better Mm -hmm. can you think of any like books to movies where the movie sucked obviously and the uh yeah uh i was just talking about this uh ender's game I never watched that. Oh, man. Okay, so the book. Did you read the book? No. Okay. It was like a weird sci-fi one-off for me, and the author is a total fuckhead, but um, the books are decent. There's this crazy twist at the end where it's this little kid, and he thinks he's playing a game, and he makes this kind of crazy decision to totally wipe out the alien population, but it turns out it wasn't a simulation. He was actually doing it, and it's this like crazy, you know, I just spoiled it, but it also came out like 60 years ago. Yeah. But it's this crazy, like, defining moment in the book. And you are just absolutely fucking, like, awestruck. It's super sad. He's, like, really fucked up about what he did. But then in the movie, like, that moment isn't played up enough. And you don't feel his emotions about feeling, like, compassion for the enemy forces or whatever. And so it's really just, like, yeah. Because I was watching it with my parents whenever it first came out, like a long time ago. And the moment came out and I like whipped my head around and I was, did you see like, oh my God, that's crazy, right? And they're just like, I don't really get it. So that was a distinct moment that did not translate well on the screen. Because you can't like, emotions are harder to convey, I think, on the screen sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. In, her, in her monologue. That's true. Yeah. So that's one specifically that like... I was really irritated was not better. <laughs> there was one. So A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lingle. Did you ever oh, read that? No. I think I saw the ads for the, the TV for the D- show. Disney made a movie. A movie. Oh. And it flopped real yeah. hard. But so that was one of the first books that got me into reading as a kid. Really? Yeah. It was huh. It was given to me as a Christmas present. And huh. I remember like I think I was 10, mm-hmm. 10 or 11. And I read it. And I remember it's like the first book I stayed up all night to read. Uh, so highly recommend if you have kids and they're like in that age range. A Wrinkle in Time is amazing. But Disney made a movie of it like six or seven years ago. And I just flat out refused to see it. <laughs> You're like, like, nope. <laughs> I have too much emotion invested in that novel to like waste it on a movie. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Artemis yeah. Fowl was like that for me. Did you ever read that story? I think that was just past. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, just yeah. past my Because it was time. like new when I was in that like young reader time frame. But I think they made like a movie that was 
an equal flop. No, oh, and it's geez. like it's such good like just... base content. Like just make a movie version of this book. Like don't change anything. <laughs> well, and now that we have Netflix, though Netflix mm-hmm. seems to know what they're doing between like The Witcher and yeah. Shadow and Bone and yeah. all of that. Honestly, yeah. Uh, One Dark Window, though. <laughs> what? Okay, so because this is a such a unique idea with the tarot cards, mm-hmm. like it's gonna be hard. I. I think it's going to be hard to find similar book. Uh, yes and no. So when I was reading it, I was getting the wildest fucking like vibe check that was almost identical to um, Uprooted by Naomi Novik. Oh, I could kind of like atmosphere. Yeah. It has the kind of like spooky undertones, but like fantasy 100%. The mist even is very similar and you have like the haunted wood and you have the like super freaky, you know, mystical other entity that's changing things. Uprooted is one of my favorite books. Like if you... We're kind of okay with One Dark Window. You will probably love Uprooted. It's Yeah, I would put Uprooted uh, way above. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like a better version of the book almost. Mm-hmm. And there's uncertainty in the relationship. So mm-hmm. it kind of adds the pizzazz of romance. Um, I also thought, so this might be a little bit crazy, but stick with me. Uh, mm-hmm. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue Never by B. Schwab. I... What? I know. It is. I know. I feel like that's one that you would eat up. You would like gobble it. Like this is uh, some good shit. <laughs> I, I've looked at it so many times mm-hmm. and I know I should read it. It's you know when you get a recommendation. Yeah. And you're like, I, I know this person is recommending it because they know me and they know I'll like it, but I don't want to read it. Like yep, it's yep. like you avoid every recommendation given to you and find the weird random <laughs> shit that no one has ever heard of before. You're like, oh, I read this book. Yeah. I think you had one for me that I yeah. like. It was a big one too that I just gobbled up and I, I don't remember which one it is but there was one that you were like just read this book and I'm like no I don't want to <laughs> but I feel like everyone is like that with, yeah. rec- with whether it's a recommended show or a recommended book it's like you, you like internally dig in your heels and you're like I don't want <laughs> I don't want your recommendation yeah but the invisible life of Addie LaRue is not like a it's like a weird, uh, I don't know. It's it's fantasy, obviously, but it, you know, follows the life of a girl who's kind of um, makes a deal with death, and then he kind of like haunts her throughout her life as she's like basically forced to be immortal, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Fuck this! Like I am done at like two hundred years." Doesn't he's like, it have a, oh sorry no no yeah doesn't have a like a questionably sad ending. Uh, yes. That's probably why I haven't read it. That's fair. I, I looked it up and I'm like, I don't yeah. like that. I felt satisfied with the ending, but it was like a little bit like, mm, yeah. The relationship between Addie and Death is, I think, super similar to the one between the main heroine and the monster in her head. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the similar, like, paternal, but not yeah. protective, but kind of a dickhead. Uh, That vibe is okay. similar. So if you wanted something a little bit more modern, I would say. I would say, I mean, it strikes me as a little bit more mature. Like One Dark yeah, Window is yeah. like sits in New Way, mm-hmm. um, but it's also kind of got a like a feeling of being for a more mature audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, I put Crown Duel on here just because some of the intrigue is super similar, like the political intrigue. Yeah. Actually, I could see that too. Yeah. So if you liked that aspect of Crown Duel, like um, Shivrayeth and his parents, like, mm-hmm. you know, plotting this coup or whatever, uh, I think you'd like the political parts of One Dark Window because it's almost 
Yeah. Identical. Like, there's a reason <laughs> Crown Duel is like a foundational yeah. book in the genre. Uh-huh. Everything comes back to it. So, those are the three books. I, this got me out of a reading slump. And so, I will give it that credit. Like, I give it five stars, I think, because of the reading slump thing and because it's something that I hadn't seen done a lot. Like, the kind of spooky vibes that actually felt spooky. Because mm-hmm. there's some books that kind of like promote themselves as like a scary, dark, and you're Haunting like, Adeline. Is- yeah. It's <laughs> Like, this is not dark. This is just gross. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this one was actually kind of spooky. It was like perfect for, you know, early October. Intro to fall. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. One Dark Window, Rachel Gillig. If you want a better one, though, Uprooted by Naomi Novak. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. from Katie's shelf to yours, we'll see you on the next page. Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening. Bussin'.